everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Paint. I'm Jonathan Taylor, along with Sean McCool. Sean, today we are uh, going to be discussing mass movements, how uh, mass movements are created, and um, how to create your own following in a mass yeah. movement. What are the secret ingredients? Yeah, and this is, I, I tell you, this book was, it's dense. Like, there's a lot going on, but I was, I like, I don't know, my, it might take two highlighters to get through this book. Like, there's <laughs> so much, like, good stuff and insights, yeah. not just if you're building a mass movement, but just to understand what's being done around you and to you. Yep. Like, it, it really helps you be more aware of how these movements are created, mm-hmm. um, the, the fertile soil that needs to be there for them to happen. Right. Because they don't just oh, happen. Like, they, there's, no. a, there's, a, there's things that have to be planted for these things to really take off. Yeah. And there, there needs to be a certain environment yep. for them to really take off, mm-hmm. um, which there kind of always is. Sure. Right. You just got to yeah, tap so, into the right one. Yeah. Yeah. You got to know the which key. one and kind of the, the height of it. Yep. So, yeah, we'll talk about it. And it's, it was more, I was, there was, We'll talk about it in a minute, but yeah, we, we'll go into some deep stuff. I mean, we could probably spend, you know, days. I'm sure there's classes in college on this, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I didn't make it that far in college before <laughs> I dropped out. Yeah. Before I was, excuse me, academic. Well, they don't teach this stuff. I don't think they teach this stuff anymore in college. I mean, you honestly, sure? I, mean, I don't like know. Surface level. Like in a, like, I think you'd have to be in like a senior class probably to see stuff to really yeah. get into something like this, but sure. I could see this taking an entire semester to go through for sure. Well, yeah, something like this is very relevant to today. So I could oh, yeah. see certainly, yeah. I mean, but I could see this. relevant. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, Oh yeah. 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 I mean, it's timeless. I mean, th- when was this written? What did we decide? It was 19, uh, 40, was it 40? 61. Oh, 61. Okay. No, 1951 is the original. Okay. Yeah. 51 is the original. 51 is the original. So, but so yeah, after World War II. <clears throat> it is good stuff, man. It is, yeah. it is something that, uh, will just start to wow you when you kind of think about everything that's going on today, but also yeah. how you can b- apply this in business in terms yeah. of creating followings. What do you need to tap into? In you order want to start to your own mega church, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you need these things. Like Dan Kennedy talked about this book. So I, you know, he mentioned this a few weeks ago, going through some of this stuff and then you start to look at, you know, some of the mega, like you just mentioned, mega churches like Rick Warren. Um, he's got the book Purpose Driven Church and yeah. he like gives like who they're after. I mean, mm-hmm. down to they know who their target market is, you know, and this is like this. Is my, I mean, you call this church marketing, but they know exactly they can can name and they can picture and they can tell you exactly who their target market is when they're trying yeah. to build a following in their churches. Yeah, no doubt. And so you just got to know who the person is, who your target market, you know, mark, uh, message to market first, and yeah. then what's agitating those people. And we're going to talk about that. Yeah. And I think this, this framework helps you. If you've ever struggled with like who, I think this will help. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, we all, we've all heard over and over and over myself included about, you got to get the who right, who you're targeting, yeah. your avatar. Um, and I think sometimes we worry too much about the, like the super minute details, but this will allow you to kind of pick a group. Mm-hmm. Of people. No. Cause if you want to, if you want to build a true mass movement, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be a bit, pretty big group. That's going to cross a lot of avatar types. Sure. So, 
Talk and we'll before, be talking about some examples because there's a yeah. lot of examples. In fact, a lot of examples we can use today yeah. uh, in politics and not even just politics, but politics is one of those things that always comes to the surface when you're talking about stuff like this. And then I've got a couple of goodies at the end of the show that we'll talk about. So oh. I got a really cool direct mail package. I think it's because I'm getting old. <laughs> um, so I'm just starting to get the really good direct mail. Right. And then I got this little gem of a thing showed up on my doorstep. Okay. Just um, showed up, right? Yeah, it just showed up. Well, just showed I did up. order it, but it was, it was actually a result of something I ordered. Oh, okay. All right. I knew I was getting something, but I didn't know what it would be. And I don't so, even know it because Sean wouldn't tell yeah. me yesterday. So yeah. he said, keep it all secret. I mean, I Try to, to be I had to make suspenseful. sure you tuned in. <laughs> of course. Yeah. All right. All right. So what are you drinking over there? Because um, for those listening, I just came off of a six-day fast. So I'm still in the process of refeeding and breaking my fast. Mm-hmm. So I'm not having beer, but I did bring a beverage of sorts today. Yep. But Jonathan, I'll let you start. Cause I think, okay. Yeah. This is the last of my, our, um, series that we had. Uh, it is a, uh, from masthead brewing company. I think you had this one. Um, yeah, I had it three or four weeks ago, probably episodes yeah. ago. Yep. Single original coffee stout, one pint. Um, I'm not sure why I didn't have this the same time you had yours. I, I don't remember, but you anyway, grab your own one. Yeah, I guess but. so. I guess so. Because I, br- I I just grab them out of the pantry, bring them over to the office, throw them in the <laughs> fridge. So I think I grabbed the wrong one that day. Uh, and I don't even remember what your rating was. I think it I was either. pretty solid, but I'm not going to let that affect me because I don't care what your rating is. <laughs> I'm my own person. I got my own palate and I've just... Yeah. So you think. <laughs> yeah, that's right what I want to... Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I'm going to give it a try. And uh, it is... We don't need to give all the details because you've already told, told everybody about it previously. But what yeah. is that? What did you say? Did you have that one up? Yeah, six point nine percent. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, so says um, we partnered with our friend. You probably already read this at Six Shooter Coffee Company uh, to bring you this mashup of two favorite beverages: the lightly roasted uh, Ethiopian Guji coffee beans and this beer brings flavors and aromas of berry and cocoa so all right so on my end so every time we do a fast an extended fast anyway we break our fast with a garlic and ginger soup it's got garlic and ginger obviously but it's also got mushrooms carrots broccoli and i think it's in like a chicken broth base if i'm I don't make it. Tamara does. So, so what is the, what is the bro? Where does the garlic and the ginger do? Is that, is there a reason for that? The original recipe is actually like a flu fighting soup is Mm -hmm. where we found it. Mm -hmm. Um, We just knew we needed something fairly mild. So when you break your fast after, you know, extended fast more than three or four days, you can only do fruits and vegetables the first day. So we knew we just need, and broth is good. So, you know, you just want something that's kind of mild and, um, lots of nutrients to replenish your system and all that. So, so this is what mine looks like. It doesn't look good at all. I put it in a Tervis tumbler just so everybody could see. It. So normally it doesn't look like this. It looks like a vegetable soup, but I blended it for the show so that I could put it in a cup and still have something to drink. Looks so, disgusting, but yeah, it look. it's actually, this is going to make it sound even worse. <laughs> it tastes like a warm smoothie instead of a cold green smoothie. It tastes more like a warm smoothie. 
it's closer to a split pea soup. If you like that, if you don't, makes it even worse. But hey, you're not helping. Right. I know. It's like I'm not selling this very you're well. The soup looks great on the stove in the bowl, but as soon as you blend it, yeah, it looks pretty rough. So, all right, all right. Well, well cheers. bottoms up. Cheers. Mmm, thick. You don't need a piece of paper. You can just tell me. This is good. All right. Mine's good, too. <sighs> mm. All right. I'll it's give really mine good. a rating. All right. I'll let you go. All right. So for the ginger and garlic flu fighting soup, <clears throat> I give this a five. Whoa. We use, we use this every time. That's amazing. Could be because I, I haven't eaten much in the last six, <laughs> six days, but. I did have, I broke mine last night, so I've had some fruit already, but no, I, I love the soup. It tastes really, really good. All right. So what's your score over there for this single origin coffee stout? <clears throat> I'm going to give this a, um, I'm going to go a four, eight. That's four not eight. bad. No, it's, it's good. That's it's really good. That's pretty stout. It's very stout. And I love the um, score. You can definitely taste the the cocoa. Um, it's not too sweet. It's got a really smooth aftertaste, and um, it's. Uh, yeah, I would get this one again for sure. This is probably ranks up there with one of the best ones out of that whole series. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> yeah, I love that'd, it. That'd be a good one to keep like stocked in the fridge, you know, for the days or evenings when you want a stout. Yeah, because it's not too heavy. Where are they based yeah. out of? Oh, it was Cleveland. 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 Most of these were out of Cleveland. Okay. Cleveland rocks. All right. That's what Drew Barry, that's what Drew, what, what's his name? <laughs> Drew. I was about to say Drew Barrymore. That's not right. Drew. Uh, <laughs> Drew. Um, I know. Family feud guy. Uh, Price is right guy. No, yeah, that's right. I thought he did the, I thought he did both the Price is oh, Right did, and did. Family Feud for a he period did. of time. Did he feud for a while before Steve Harvey took over? Yeah, I, I think so. Drew Carey, right? Carey. There we go. Yes. Drew Whose Carey. line is it anyway? Yep. Drew Carey show. Yep. Drew Carey show is where they said Cleveland rocks. So. Mm -hmm. All right. So for all of you, we've lost all our viewers in the live now. <laughs> so we can go ahead and get started. Now we can, now we can delve into the content. The, we've separated the wheat from the chaff. <laughs> we can now get into the content. All right. The book that we were referencing earlier, again, True Believer. Um, Mass movements, how mass movements are made. Um, so mine says thoughts on the nature of mass movements. Thoughts so on the nature of mass know. movements. Um, here's a little excerpt from the back of the book. Chaos is his element. When old order begins to crack, the fanatic wades in with all of his might and recklessness to blow the whole hatred present to high heaven. He glories in the sight of a world coming to a sudden end. Ah, that sounds deep. <laughs> Opportunity. So, yeah, so there's a lot of things to tie into this. Um, I wrote down some notes on some of my big, my big five, my five biggest takeaways from this book. And okay. I wrote them down. Um, so we can just go in. I mean, we can just kind of go in any particular order. Um yeah, so I want to start with chapter one yeah. and just kind of the the conditions and environment um, that are kind of need to be present mm -hmm. 
for the people that you want to join a mass movement or for any mass movement to take hold if you're not into creating mass movements yourself. Um, you know, when I was reading this too, I was reminded of Frank Kern and his mass control. Absolutely. Series, mm-hmm. which I have right behind me. Mm-hmm. I should, I wonder if that's where he got a lot of this stuff. It's probably where the name came from. Possibly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I thought this was really interesting. And I, when I read the first sentence of the book, so the very first sentence of the book says, it is a truism that many who join a rising revolutionary movement are attracted by the prospect of sudden and spectacular change in their conditions of life. Mm. Yeah. I was like, well, that's the whole book right there. I don't know if I need to read any more or not. Yeah. That's that's kind of the, the thing, right? People are looking for spectacular change. Right in order to create uh, this mass movement, that's what's required. And that movement becomes the instrument of change that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The one that I kept thinking of, and I'll mention this several times throughout as we talk about the different points, is um, he talks a lot, obviously, because they just came out of World War II. So he talks a lot about kind of the the Nazi empire. He talks mm-hmm. a lot about communism and nationalism and all these things. Yeah. And like you mentioned, Jonathan, there's a lot of stuff going on today that is not that big, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, we do have these movements going on. Yeah. But one that came to mind for me was the civil rights movement of, of the sixties and how, you know, that was this need or want for this sudden drastic change. Mm-hmm. But then beyond that, so like, what are the conditions of that? And I, there's four things that he says are needed for the kind of the environment of the, sit, the stage to be set for this change and to create the mass movement. And the first one, and if you've got, if this is one of your five points, jump in. Yeah. Um, but number one was discontent. Like mm-hmm. we kind of like, I think as salespeople and copywriters and, you know, marketers, we kind of know that makes sense, right? That's why we always start with the pain. We agitate and all that. So that was not super surprising, you know, yeah. that there would needs to be some discontent. I know that's true in my own life. You know, um, that's when I look for change is when the discontent is there. But then he started to add in and layer in three other things. And the next one was there had to be access to potential power mm-hmm. that they that people who join a mass movement are looking for some type of access to potential power in their lives. Sure. Because they feel powerless. Yep. So it's not just discontentment. There needs to also be a little bit of powerlessness mm-hmm. in the, in there. And they're going to cling on to whatever's going to offer that power. Yep. And then the third thing, and this is, I think where a lot of marketers miss the boat and why they don't become mass movements And that is, there has to be extravagant hope. Mm, Yeah. There has to be this like new future that is worth fighting for, worth dying for. And I think that we we talk all the time about problem, agitate, solution, right? And the solution technically is the hope, but I don't think we do a good enough job. And this is one thing I remember Clayton Makepeace talking about. He's like, you got to get into the hope. Absolutely. not, Not enough people got it, I think, get into the hope. And that's the difference between some of the things that I was thinking of. So the, the Occupy Wall Street, and we've talked about this before, 
the reason Occupy Wall Street, what was that, 10, 15, yeah, 20 years completely, ago? completely. Yeah, it was a huge, huge mass huge movement, movement for a while, but it-, it for like a month. Fizzled, right? Yeah, yeah, it fizzled out. It was all about discontent, <laughs> mm-hmm. but there was no access to power mm-hmm. and there was no hope. Like, what what are we going for instead? Like, what are you going to replace all this with, right? right? Yep. So it was lacking at least two of the elements. Mm-hmm. Um, the fourth element is also very interesting. And this is, I think, more for the for the leaders and the key people who want to partake in it. And that is ignorant of the challenge ahead of them. Mm. Like if you're going to have a mass movement where people are fired up and they want, they want this change and they're you know discontent and they they're going to have to be a little bit ignorant about what it's going to take <laughs> because they need, in other words, you need to be a little bit delusional about how hard it's going to be. Or otherwise you wouldn't sign up. Like if you actually knew what it was going to take, right. you're probably not going to sign up. And that's true for the leader as well. Yeah. Like, the ability to simplify, you know, the solution. Yeah. to a level where it's not, you don't see all the details that go into it. And it always makes me think of those simple taglines like, you know, build a wall and, yeah. you know, those things like that. They resonate to the, um, you know, talked about that book, you know, that we went through called Thinking Fast and Slow, but the yeah. the more reptilian part of our brain that's always looks for simple solutions, I guess. is Yeah, build yeah. a wall is a great example. It's like, yeah, let's do that. And then it's like, <laughs> well, that's, oh, there's a lot involved in this actually, especially seeing it all the way through. Right, exactly. You know, and, but that was only one part of the bigger mass movement, which was the make it, make America great again. Right, exactly. Which if you look at that, checked all the boxes. Yeah, it had the hope, you know, obviously the, right. the hope the factor. Discontent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, had the discontent, um, access to potential power. Like if America's great again, then you're going to be more mm-hmm. free to build businesses, do all the things you want to do. So that's the access to power. Mm-hmm. Um, extravagant hope. Yep. that America will be better. And it's interesting because if you, if you ask someone on the opposite side, they thought that make America great meant again, meant taking things backwards. Sure. Not yeah. forwards. Right. Back they to thought the, it was like going back to the, the fifties you know, or the thirties or something yeah, like that. Or yeah. wherever, 1700s, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, depending on who you talk to. So, but what made the movement work on that side was the hope for a better future, mm-hmm. you know, better business, better, mm-hmm. you know, lower taxes, all the different things. Yep. Um, and then anything that that that's that big of a promise, the majority of the people in that movement are definitely ignorant of the challenge of what's actually required to make that happen. Sure. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not just getting a new president. It's getting new house representatives, new Senate representatives, yep. grassroots, you know, governors, like all the way down the system. If you really wanted to create that change, mm-hmm it would require a full on thing. And that's, I think that is what got realized after Trump lost. It's like, oh, what we really need is a grassroots movement. And a lot of that group has now shifted and they've kind of, they're not as loud out front, but they've now gone, the mass movement has kind of gone grassroots to try to build from the, from the bottom up. Sure. So, um, and I think, you know, I think, and, and, I think anybody who listens to the show knows which side Jonathan and I are on. So, Mm -hmm. you know. But we also can recognize, you know, even I think about during Obama's presidency, his his campaign was brilliant because it was all about hope and change, you know. So it wasn't just beating on the problems, but also talking about hope and change, inspiring people, 
you know, that was like part of yep. his, you know, you can still see all the posters with the hope, you know. With yeah, the, I mean, no, no need to sugarcoat or hide it, right? Just, right. just say hope. Yeah, that's right. Hope. <laughs> hope and change. So, so that was, that's kind of the, that was chapter one. That was kind of the, you know, laying the groundwork for the rest of the book, which mm-hmm. I thought had some points that I'd kind of overlooked and made a lot of sense to me. So I'll let you pick it up from there and kind of go over the rest of your points. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> one of the things I had down in my notes is, um, uh, strong mass movements, uh, build unity by replacing individuality oh, yeah. with a commitment to something greater, greater than mm-hmm. themselves. You know, you have to take, you always take the individual out of the equation. You know, you think about all big movements, it's all about the movement and the individual is less, you know, it's less focus on the individual and more about doing your part in the movement. And yeah. you can do, you can work that in both ways. I tend to think of that more on the side of things where we're pushed in ways that I don't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, you think about like, I think about like during the pandemic and we've harped on this, you know, uh, you know, flatten the curve and do your part, yeah. stay home and stay safe. And all those messages resonated and they had to, they were all about going beyond. Yeah. They're very like, noble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and do your you part. Feel, and if you feel out of control, which we all did to some extent, especially in the beginning, that's why everybody adopted it in the it, beginning. We did. Um, Great tagline too. Fla- I mean, you're like flatten the curve. Yeah. Doing my part. And, and, you know, we had Dr. Michelle Mazer on around that time yep. and we were talking about that tagline and how strong it was as yeah. you know, she did the um, three word rebellion mm-hmm. book. So, yep. yeah, so that was a great example. And this sentence, I think, is a good example from the book kind of takes that home. It says the less justified a man is in claiming excellence for his own self, the more ready he is to claim all excellence for his nation, his religion, his race, or his holy cause. Yep. So that's why you see a lot of these movements attracting, you know, a lot of times there'll be people with lower self-esteem or unemployed or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, people who have just, you know, kind of lost hope, mm-hmm. you know, now they're, they're like, well, can't do it for me. Then to make, to compensate for that empty feeling. Sure. They're like, Oh, let me go save the world. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Cause then maybe I'll feel good about myself if I can mm-hmm. save the world. And that's exactly what you just said. Like, <clears throat> you know, wear a mask. It's not about you. It's about everybody mm-hmm. else. Right. And yeah. And, and I tell you the environmental movement or the, you know, the, you know, on that side of that, I mean, they've done a brilliant job of like really marketing the whole idea of like, you know, protecting, you know, the future of the planet. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and thinking and doing your part, right. Doing your small right. part, like your small part adds up, you know, but it's all about the big, the big picture, you know, so whatever you yeah. can do to do your part to yeah, it's uh, like- improve the improve the world. Yeah, it is. It's good messaging. Yeah. And, um, on the whole, it's good. And then, you know, it's, why wouldn't you, why yeah. wouldn't you take care of the planet? Sure. Like you should. I, Absolutely. I, I think you should. Um, no, I mean, I, we do like, I think uh, some of the tactics are not correct, but I do agree that exactly. You know, especially if you can remember <clears throat> when we were young, Jonathan, but you know, the seventies, everything was still dirty. Cars were spitting out black smoke everywhere, mm-hmm. litter all over the roads. Like 
we've come a long way. Like no, we've, yeah. we've made a lot of progress and, and a lot of times I think people forget that, especially people who maybe grew up in the eighties and nineties once that stuff had started turning the corner. Mm-hmm. I remember one time Chattanooga, Tennessee was like dirtiest city in the, in the country. Oh yeah. yeah. Now it's vote, you know, regularly voted one of the nicest outdoor cities mm-hmm. in the country. So, um, big change. I think it was 70, 71 when Chattanooga got that vote mm-hmm. and it pissed off all the city leaders and they really cleaned everything up. So, yeah. um, so yeah. So what else you got? So not about the self, it's gotta be bigger than the self. Which yeah. And say. I, and another thing, I mean, you remind me like some of the images they used to, that were used to kind of persuade people back in the day. I can't, I can't even put a aluminum can in the trash anymore, you know, cause we got the recycling yeah. can. Um, but I still have images, you know, of landfills, you know, you think about yeah. that, you know, filling up landfills with cans and, um, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. And, you know, those are good marketing images. Like, is that I what can, you want to be doing? Is like, you know, filling up landfills with plastic would, and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, and I'd heard a lot about, yeah, I think they could do even more of that to be Mm -hmm. honest. Like, so I, I'd heard a lot about, you know, plastic in the ocean and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, okay. But most of the times I've been to the beach, I didn't really see any of that. Right. right. At least on our beaches. I know there's certain like places current takes stuff and it's worse than others. But last time, last year when we were at the beach, there was a really, you know, pretty strong storm that came in overnight and we went out the next morning and there was trash everywhere washed up all just a row where the tide came in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I bet hundreds, we, we walked like a mile and I bet there was probably hundreds of bags <clears throat> worth of trash that mm-hmm. could have been picked up. Right. Um, you know, and that would have been a great image to take. Sure. You know, but yeah, to, you know, to clean up and make it about bigger yourself is the, yeah. is the key takeaway. I think the, um, Smokey the bear campaigns, those, mm-hmm. those were like that too, right? Yep. Exactly. It only takes one or something like that. Yep. Um, you know, and I think in a broad sense, people are like, okay, so let's, let's apply this. How can we apply this in business? And you think of like, <clears throat> think of the people who've done a masterful job talking about like, you know, especially, you know, I think about guys like, you know, Brendan Bouchard who creates movements on, mm-hmm. you know, people who want to break away from just doing a nine to five or right. you know, being stuck in a, a job that you hate and just kind of not really fulfilling well, yeah, your his, purpose out there. I mean, his original, I mean, what really <laughs> put him on the map, I think was, you know, Experts Academy. Mm-hmm. And that was very much what you're right. That's very much what that was about. It's like, yeah, it's about you, but it's about all the people you could inspire as an expert. So it made it bigger than you. I mean, Experts Academy for, you know, three or four or five years was like huge. The internet marketing thing you wanted to go to and course you wanted to buy and, and all that stuff, you know, I went to two of those events and I'm telling you, he can inspire a room. I mean, there are people dance, you know, people dancing and, jumping up and down and the guy knows how to work a room in terms of yeah. just like everything that you need to like the the music i mean everything's obviously designed yeah, for a purpose and, and yeah. yeah down to the very music that they play at the beginning to get people like going you know it's like well another example of this is um apple you know in their first big the 1984 ad mm-hmm. you know where they show people you know in behind the Yep. The black and white images. Right. And then it's like, no, if you're a creator, if you're this, if the misfits, the blah, 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 like 
that iconic ad mm-hmm. is exactly what this what we've been talking about in the first section of this. Sure. It's like right. tapping into those people who are tired of being, you know, slave and mm-hmm. who want to be creative. And, you know, if you think about that, what that commercial did, there was already discontent, right? People were kind of in the corporate slave kind of mentality, government, whatever. Yeah. And the Mac was the access to potential power. Like the computer itself was the access, right? right? So, right. and then the hope was you can now go a, go out and create your own thing because you've got this tool mm-hmm. that will allow you to do that. Um, and of course, no marketer is really going to talk about the challenge, you know? Sure. So right. everybody stays kind of ignorant of the challenge. You don't, cause you don't follow up that with, oh, but, but, but you know, you're going to have to go learn how to get clients. You're going to have to learn marketing. You're going to, they don't say all that when they're selling the computer. Right. <laughs> cause right. that would be, that would kill the movement. Yeah. So that's a good example of the, all four elements being, you know, in one tight 30 second spot. Yeah, no doubt. The other thing I had a strong leader is what's needed in any type of um, mass movement. You need a strong leader capable of channeling the hatred towards a common enemy. Hatred is used a lot in politics today, but just channeling that, you need someone that's a visionary and has a strong personality in order to really focus your energy on who that enemy is, whether it's in politics, whether it's in business, the old way of doing things that's really hindered you or hindered the movement in the past. Yeah. And I I agree. You've got to have somebody willing to point that out. And the, the enemy doesn't have to be a person. It could be an institution. It could be a way of thinking. Bernie Sanders, he created a movement, you know, around people who are tired of the fat cats, you know, and you know, the fat cats, the big banks, all of that stuff, you know, he knew how to channel the younger crowd into Mm -hmm. a, uh, you know, get them in a frenzy, you know, just over the lack of fairness. And the same thing again, I think what was missing there was the extravagant hope. Like, I think that's important because the way he phrased this was extravagant hope. Mm -hmm. Like not just a little bit of hope that, because, you know, because a lot of that, like from Bernie Sanders would be like, the government will take care of you. Well, that's not, no. What I would call extravagant hope. No. <laughs> that's, like, that's that's just like getting okay. by. Yeah, that's just taking care of your means, right? Okay, I, I, I definitely don't like all this oppression or you know <laughs> having to go to work and stuff. But I don't know if that's going to be sure. enough, right? Yeah. Am I willing to die for settling for DMV? <laughs> the DMV taking care of me, right? I think that's again what was missing in that one. Um, kind of like the. Occupy Wall Street. And I think that was true in, in Black Lives Matter as mm-hmm. well. I don't think they had a strong new future. And I think yeah. that was the big difference between Martin Luther King and the the civil rights movement of that time and Black Lives Matter now mm-hmm. is Black Lives Matter. They have the anger. They have the discontent. I'm not sure they've got a clear access to power other than maybe cancel culture, I guess, is, is the tool. But there's... Well, but I definitely don't see, and I haven't heard, and I'm not on the inside of that movement, so I, and I don't really know. If somebody wants to share with us what the hope is, but it seems like it's already started to die out. They've, yeah, uh, so Martin Luther King Jr., you know, he's like, <laughs> I have a dream. And we, we've talked about this when we talked about Nancy Duarte and how she analyzed that speech. And it's like, this is where you are. This is the discontent. This is yeah. where you could be. This right. is the discontent. And it went back and forth between right. the discontent and the hope. 
And that's what I think a lot of marketing messages are missing. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to rub salt in the wound for your to get people to want to buy your business, whether it's a health supplement or to buy your services, like, yeah, you want to talk about the, the pain and the trouble and the, and the bleak future if they don't take action. Right. But you also, you've got to get into the, a vision, the hope uh, yeah. and the vision and mm-hmm. this extravagant hope of, of what the future could be. Yeah. No, I, I agree. You've got a, and a voice for that to, mm-hmm. to your point about the leader, you know, having a character or a voice for that is, is important. Charismatic. It really helps to have somebody with a charismatic personality yeah. um, that's doing that. You know, you look at, again, um, you know, I re- I wrote down some notes of people that kind of fit the bill people that paint a picture again trump painted yeah. that picture he had a strong personality he could channel everyone's hatred towards who china we're getting ripped off from china you know it's like yeah. you know that was everyone's common obviously everyone's common enemy because he would say you know we're always we're getting ripped off from china they're taking our jobs or you know illegal immigration that was another one that uh, another enemy that he would uh, channel people's anger towards so he right. was great at doing that but also you know as you said for his base building a hope of you know a time where you're moving past all that you know right we're more independent from china we're not relying on them we're not getting ripped off you know and i'm going to bring jobs back to america and all that stuff you know people buy into that but you need you know you need a strong personality a strong leader sure enough another example um to make this about me again is like <laughs> sure why not so we're you know we're coming off our fast and we're looking at like so what are we going to experiment with next like because you know i'm an experimenter i like mm-hmm. to try things and mm-hmm. explore and things like that so you know we're going to do in may we're going to do the carnivore diet mm-hmm. yeah you know and so i start reaching you know researching and kind of going into that and looking at that and same thing there are leaders of that movement because that's becoming a pretty big movement. Uh, I I don't know if it would be considered a mass movement along the lines Mm -hmm. of what this book talks about, but it's definitely getting, it's a growing movement just like, you know, veganism, um, just like keto is, is a mass move. I would say keto is a mass movement now for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, It's, it's everywhere. Right. But it's lost, but CrossFit is a movement. CrossFit was a movement. I don't think it's, he talks and there's a, I underlined that like at some point when movements kind of get established, they lose their oomph yeah, yeah and yeah. they become like establishments, mm-hmm. enterprises. And I think yeah. CrossFit and keto both have kind of come to that point. Sure. So now there's some of these newer variations of that stuff. So anyway, I was looking at, the point is I was looking at carnivore and I start looking on, you know, who are the influencers? Like who's talking about this stuff? Who are the mm-hmm. authors? Who are the doctors? And most of them that have risen to the top are these charismatic, fairly dogmatic guys that mm-hmm. are like, nope, this is the way, which is not how I am at all. I'm more like, show me both sides. You know, I'll try this dogmatic approach for a little while, but then I'm going to probably figure out my way to temper it a little bit. Right. So, but yeah, to your point, like the leaders there tend to be charismatic um, you know, very outspoken, you know, have these great sick to health stories, like mm-hmm. the whole bit. So the whole, you know, they can, they can sympathize with the discontent that you're in. 
the tool to power is the diet itself. The hope is you're going to feel better than you've ever felt. Mm-hmm. And the ignorance is you have no idea how hard this actually is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, uh, I told you I'm going through, I think you, you got that book too. The new, um, the new book by uh, Tony Robbins on, um, yeah. Uh, uh, life force, life force. Yeah. Great book, by the way, throws out a lot of stuff that I, was not familiar with, but you know, there's another person that's very charismatic that people buy into and he's using not his expertise in the health field, but he's bringing in, you know, experts like Peter Demondius or. Oh yeah. Peter Diamandis, Peter Diamandis. Yeah. Yeah. There's several of those Peters out there. There's obviously he's bringing new, you know, he's the old way of doing things is yeah. not work. He talks about, you know, in the book, he, he builds the case, you know, and he uses a lot you, of case studies in that of, right. Of, you can tell he's a marketer, right? Oh, sure. To a lot Absolutely. of other guys who share yeah. the same information Yeah, because he does that. He's like, this is where you're at now. Mm-hmm. And once you learn all these things I'm going to share in this book, yeah. you can have this life and mm-hmm. you can live better and you can live stronger. Yeah. Everybody get up and jump around. <laughs> yeah. And you can picture it too. I mean, not only does he, you know, and he shares case studies of people who've cured everything from Gotta have the proof. cancerous yeah. tumors to, and, and that's obviously it's a, it's a great example. If you don't, if you don't buy into the, the science behind it, it's a great marketing tool just to go through his book life force and realize this is how anybody could, you know, structure. I mean, this is what a book should be doing. It's a marketing tool, yeah. right? And it's directing Absolutely. them towards what are they doing? They're selling, ultimately they're, they're selling the, you know, DNA testing in the book and then the supplements and then all of the other uh, yeah. things that they have that are available through their, you know, through their website at, at life force, which is not a bad thing. I mean, if, if, if the stuff works, it's great, but they've just right. found a way to, uh, you know, yeah, it's a giant sales letters. Yeah. That's what it is. Exactly. It's, you know, but it's actually, it's more content marketing, but it is a sales letter, but it, it is yeah, it's more content marketing, you know, with the little things woven in. Oh, mm-hmm. by the way, we happen to sell this. If you want it, <laughs> you don't have to buy it, but if you want, yeah. Well, uh, and that, already, and that again goes back to all this stuff. Yeah. That goes back to the simplicity. Remember you said yeah. you're talking about the, you know, the, you don't want to give people the uh, you don't want to treat them to all of the, or introduce all of the, the yeah, rigorous yeah. work of right. research that goes into figuring this out. So we're going to say, right. you know what, all you need to do is go here and you'll find everything you need. So mm-hmm. boom, easy. Um, that attracts a lot of people who just don't have the time or the energy to, you know, look into all of that. And they just no, want to simple You do fix. need the time and energy to go, what is it saying? 400 pages? <laughs> like, it's an easy read. Yeah. Easy read. <laughs> he, he likes those thick books though. All his oh, yeah. books have just been, well, it's like I, Tim Ferriss, like they're all just. factor. What is it? Yeah. We call that the, uh, in the info oh, marketing yeah. industry, we call it the thump factor. Yeah. <laughs> when it hits your doorstep from Amazon, it's like, <laughs> boom, boom. Yep. Oh, you drop that here. bad boy. It's going to make some noise. Yeah. My book's here. <laughs> all right. What else you got? Um, Lastly, mass movement, mass movements need people who can put their goals into words and leaders who can act on them. So you've got to be able to, and I think what, you know, one of the things I'm talking about here is when, you know, talking about, you've got to have people who can put them into words and they've got to be messages that resonate. And, you know, in this day and age, they got to be messages. Yeah, exactly. They, they ring, um, 
they're they're easy to remember. You can't have a movement out there if everybody's saying three different, you know, four or five exactly. different things, right? Yep. That's yep. you know, like we mentioned earlier, flatten the curve was easy to remember. Mm-hmm. And I will say that's one thing the government is really good at. Yep. Like the names they put on these bills and stuff, like the Affordable Care Act. Oh yeah, like, man, it's yeah. brilliant. It's, right. it's like brilliant marketing, and they do, you know, I mean, their acronym game at the U.S. government is strong. Oh, big time. Yeah, like I mean, they nail the acronyms yep. for their for the bills and the new laws that are getting passed and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, the it's Cares, crazy. the Cares Act, the Affordable yeah. Care Act, the yeah, <laughs> and then um, you know, this is what great marketers do too. And Russell Brunson talks about this in his secrets trilogy. Um, mainly the expert, it was expert secret. The second mm-hmm. book, I think, where he talks about creating your own language, which is not new. We've talked about this with Blair Warren. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this from a lot of other stuff. It's not new, but you know, that's, that's, I think this falls under what the unifying agents kind of section yeah. of the book. Yeah. There's a, there's a, chapter section, whatever called unifying agents. Sure. These are things that kind of bring people together and, and vocabulary is absolutely one of those things. Having a common language, Mm -hmm. you know, um, labeling is, is big time. I mean, that works. It's a very effective, um, but you've got to use the whole movement's got to be using the same labels. Yes. Be consistent. Enemies Mm -hmm. to be consistent, to, to give it power. Yep. Otherwise, it's just all scattered. I mean, what did God do when he wanted to scatter people? He changed the language. Changed the language, yeah, exactly. Well, I noticed the, the, and it's effective when you're trying to, when you're trying to undermine something too. So, you know, Florida, uh, Florida just passed a bill on, you know, on the parental rights, you know, with what's being taught in classrooms. And so, what do they? What does it get labeled as? Where people on the other side who are against it say it's the "don't say gay," which right. <laughs> makes it seem like you're not yeah. allowed to say the word "gay," right? Yeah. Don't say "gay" bill, right? And that's what they've yeah. they've labeled it as, where you're not allowed to say that. You know, it's like it's right. something, uh, but it's not. You know, obviously, it's not like that at all, but. <clears throat> but it's a, it's an effective way of, yeah. I mean, how quickly did that catch national attention? Yeah, don't say gay. All the media are talking, don't yeah. say gay, the don't say gay bill. And, um, you know, always, I, I just remember Trump whenever he was, uh, during his campaign, he had a re- he was very powerful. And we talked about this in the past, how he labeled people, you know, yeah. uh, you know, um, what is it? Um, lying Ted. And then you had, um, um, sleepy. What was the guy's name? Uh, Jeb. It is sleepy. Yeah, sleepy, sleepy Jeb. Sleepy Joe too. Sleepy Joe. Oh, oh uh, it was uh, low energy Jeb. Was uh, his for Jeb Bush? That was low energy Jeb. And it's it was like yeah. it was effective. You know, it's kind of yeah. once you hang those things on people. Um, well, especially so. when you have a big stage like a big platform. Yep. The leader. Yep. Can instantly distribute that message, but it's got to be catchy. Like, yeah, it does. You know, Yep. Um, it's gotta be like nothing rhymes with deplorables. <laughs> right. So it was a little, it was harder for that to be catch on. Yeah. Now the other side caught it and wore it as a badge. Right. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Oh. I'm a deplorable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so it did kind of catch on, but it caught mm-hmm. on in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah. it, it wasn't as catchy as Hillary's slogan at the time was I'm with her. Like that yeah. terrible slogan. 
Yeah. Uh, cause it's all about you, right? It's yeah. not about the movement or, or the vision. And one person, yeah. although Trump came close, but yeah. one person is not necessarily something you want to fight for. Mm-hmm. But like I said, Trump came pretty close yeah. or maybe he did. Right. Um, so I could be wrong about that. Well, no, I, in terms of his second his, or his, yeah, his following near the end of the second. Oh, run. yeah, 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 exactly. I got a little, little yeah. it was more about Trump caught up in himself. About, yeah, exactly. And I think that was detrimental. You know, you've yeah, got to, became, I mean, even the movement became about mm-hmm. Trump and not about it, the make America great again kind of got lost in yeah, the background because it was it all about he, Trump. I got, yeah, exactly. Yep. Like all the stickers were now Trump stickers, not. Mm-hmm. America stickers, right? They were on flags and stuff, but right. yeah. So yeah, I think that's, yeah. You got to paint back. the hope and the vision of people out there in the land, you know, in their language that that's, yeah. you know, it's, it can be about you. It's got to be about what their dreams and aspirations and what they're truly. And it has um, to be bigger than any one person to, yeah. in order to, to last and have some real, mm-hmm. some relax, you know? Yep. Uh, I don't think there was any, I don't know. I wasn't there in, in Hitler's time, but I don't think, you know, I think that was probably much more about this new Germany than it was about Hitler himself. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they did hail Hitler and all that stuff, but it was definitely about a new Germany and things sure. like that. So yep. I could be wrong. Feel free to send me hate mail on that. <laughs> here's the, here's right. the key The you know, to wrap, you know, in all of this, whether you're, uh, you're, you're lean to the left, you lean to the right, you're political or religious, all mass movements share the same characteristics under the right circumstances. It's possible for any of us to get hypnotized. And I mean, yes. even if you are fully aware of this, you can, you can at any time be hypnotized by a group mentality and become a true believer. It happens. Even oh, if you yeah. think you're above that, you're getting hypnotized. And there are different sizes of mass movements, right? I mean, there's the big sure. mass movements that shape cultures and all those kind of things. <clears throat> they keep going down the chain yeah. and the, you know, whether it's a small cult with 30 members, it's the same principles right. as a big mass movement. You know, it's just maybe it didn't get communicated as well and as widely, um, but the same basic ingredients are there for sure. Well, and I think of, from a business standpoint, I think the crypto, uh, the crypto movement, you know, people in that industry have done a, a fantastic job um, uh, in some of their marketing. Yeah, but there's of, no clear leader right now. No, there's not. Really. Yeah, well, that's the thing. There's no clear leader, although there are some that. There's some experts. There are some like experts that. that rise above others, you know, that yeah. I, I tend to look at from time to time. But yeah, I mean, every time, regardless of what happens to whether Bitcoin's up or down or. Ethereum, whatever is happening, it doesn't matter. You know, the vision is it's, it's beyond just the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows, but it's more or less, you know, especially with, it's about decentralizing. Absolutely. Right. Getting the powers that be the old man, old gray power out of, out of power and putting it back in the hands of the people. I mean, that's the big thing Mm -hmm. that's driving the bigger than me thing that's driving crypto and yep all that stuff. Yeah. All right. You ready to move on? Yeah. You've, 
I think we beat that beat that horse. It's a fascinating book. I'd recommend anybody to uh, you know pick up a copy and uh, yeah, you will need a highlighter and something <laughs> to take notes with because um, yep. it's it's got a lot of lot mm-hmm. of good stuff in it. Yep. So, all right, I'm anxious to see. I'm going to uh, do the letter first. Okay. All right. Do the letter. I'm going to make you wait a little bit longer. <laughs> um, so I got this envelope in the mail. It's right. a large, like 10 by 13, nine by nine by 11, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit bigger than eight and a half. Probably. Okay. Um, and on the outside, it's from the Mayo Clinic health letter. It's a really good copy on the, and it says, yeah, the, I thought the teaser copy, the teaser copy on the outside. A lot of these days. Um, three surprising daytime habits that affect your sleep that night. So sleep is a huge problem in America right now. Probably the world. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely it's a, it's a topic that's on a lot of people's minds. Sure. And, you know, sleep hygiene's big, like all kinds of stuff. So that's, and I, I was thinking about it. It's like, if it just said three daytime habits that affect your sleep at, that night, mm-hmm. I'm interested, but I'm not super interested. Right. Yeah. But adding surprising, I'm like, Oh, especially because I've done some research. I kind of know the big things you're supposed to do for sleep. Right. Mm -hmm. So when they add the word surprising, I'm like, Oh, maybe I don't know these. Yeah. Let me, I I better just check, you know, just (laughs) let me, let me just open it. Yeah, absolutely. I want to check, make sure that I didn't miss something. Even if you think, you know, everything, there's always that possibility. Yeah, there's a little bit, it's just putting that little seed of doubt in there that keeps you, keeps you going. So I opened the letter and I got a traditional direct mail letter with lift note, order device, Mm -hmm. the whole shebang, man. I was like, wow, are we in 1990 again? This is awesome. So it's like on lined paper with the, with the typewritten font. It's like, it's like typewriter. Yeah. Typewriter typewriter font. font. Yep. And then on the, the lift note which is a post giant post-it note. It's got the sort of, you know, handwriting font on it on the Mayo Clinic letterhead letterhead it is a classic. Did you do that or I do that? I think you did that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Not sure how I did that. Oh, I, I see what I did. Um, and then the order device, you know, got this, I mean, even down to the stickers, you mm-hmm. know, take the, the, the interactive device where you take the sticker off, put it on the commitment device. Wow. Um, that increases commitment conversion. and consistency. Yep. You know, you put that, it's an, inter, it's, it's an interactive thing, right? Yep. So you, you pull it off, you put it on, it's got an envelope with it. Mm-hmm. You remember these things? The oh envelope. yeah. So no postage necessary. <laughs> like, so this is just like classic old school. And the, the letter is, you know, just classic old school, what you would sell newspaper. And they're selling a, a newsletter subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like 30, 39 bucks a year, which I will probably buy because mm-hmm. the letter was that good. So, yeah, that's great. so that was the Mayo Clinic. And I was like, I'm glad people are still doing that. I'm glad those are still out there. And I bet this thing, I'm going to try to do some research and find out more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I bet that does really well. Cause it, I mean, I just, I read the first page and a half and I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. Well, there but you go. Now the target market, like, I don't know if I would have responded to that 10 years ago. Right. Well, yeah, I would have, I would have as a copywriter, but you didn't get that out. 10 years ago. You got it when right. you're in your, so, your fifties. Yeah, right. I yeah, mean, that's right after I turned 51, they know who, 50. who their yeah. target market is. I mean, message to market. Yep. So, all right. Last thing. All right. We'll wrap up. So I was, um, 
online, got a Facebook ad for a challenge, accelerate your revenue. I think challenge was the name of it. I was like, that sounds cool. I'll check it out. It a free five day challenge. I get on the page, register for the page. And then they, you know, the next step in a, in a free challenge is the way most people are doing them now is you have a VIP offer mm-hmm. is your, is your first upsell. Yeah. Right. So the VIP offer, um, wasn't much. It was 47 or 97. I can't remember which 97, I think. And you get extra time with the host after the main challenge and things like that. And then, um, they said, we'll also send you a little gift, a little gift box for the challenge. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool. So I signed up and, um, this shows up a couple of days later. I'd already forgotten about it, mm-hmm. but check this out. Like, so this, for those of you listening on podcasts, it's a black, solid black. It's about the size of a kid's shoebox, and it's got a bow on the front where it's tied. Sure. And so you just untie the bow, open it up. And remember, this is for a challenge, online challenge. And it's, the challenge doesn't start till the 18th, which it, at first kind of annoyed me. I was like, well, can I just watch it now? It's like, that's like two weeks away. Yeah. But it gives them, it gives them time to do stuff like this. So inside this box was a card that says, welcome VIP. Okay. Personalized on the back, Sean, are you ready to crush six and seven figure days using virtual events? We'll see you at the VIP session. And then inside here, there are two bags of pistachios. And it's all like, show you the, it's like got the the crinkly paper behind it and stuff. Oh, popcorn. It's got a bag of popcorn. And then it's got a little um, package. I wasn't sure what this was, but when I opened the package up, it was, it's just a stand like to hold your iPad on. So you don't, you know, you can just, I mean, it's not super incredible or anything, but it's kind of cool. It's like a little stand that you can set your iPad on. So if you're in the kitchen or you want to do stuff, you know, some of these challenges run a little bit long. Sure. Yeah. If you've been on one, you'd be like, yeah, that'd be cool. Cause now I can get away from my desk, maybe set my phone on it Mm -hmm. whatever. So I thought that was kind of a cool little trinket to give. Um, that's really all it is, but it's just another touch point. Well, that's what, uh, that's what Dan Kennedy always refers to as the, he calls it the shock and all package where, right. And, and, and that's, what's missing in, you know, businesses today. Absolutely. You, you know, you need a shock and all package, uh, as part of your follow up marketing, yep. you know, obviously you're not sending these, this doesn't go out to everybody, but it's, you send out, these go out to qualified individuals. Yeah, it goes out to the buyers. Mm-hmm. Right. These Absolutely. are people that said it went out to people who are like, I'm I, not only do I want to attend, I want to attend longer Yeah, and I'm willing to pay to do that. Sure. That's a pretty good prospect. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, and then the other thing they've done because they've had so much time between when they're selling tickets and the start of the challenge, they've been able to drip content to me mm-hmm. and I watch a little here, a little watch. A little. So now by the time I get to the challenge, I'm already familiar with the hosts. Yeah. And you know, that, fami- that having that familiarity absolutely makes it more comfortable, does makes it more believable, mm-hmm. like all that stuff. Right. So by the time I get to the challenge, my guess is I'll probably have watched, you know, three, four hours total of these little 15 mm-hmm. and 20 minute videos. So I've spent before I even get there, you know, three or four hours and I've gotten a gift from them. Like, yeah. I'm like, 
I feel like these people are friends now, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. that's that's exactly what you want going into sure. something like this. Yeah. So I just thought that was build really that familiarity. Cool. Yeah. I, I mean, and how expensive is that to create a package like that? I mean, it costs them probably 12, 15 bucks, maybe. Yeah. I mean, if it if costs that. 30, I mean, I paid, I mean, yeah, I paid 97. Mm-hmm. So they could spend all of that on a package if they wanted to. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just front yeah. end. Yeah, exactly. Cause they're, I mean, they're making money off of the, yeah, they the know they're going to you know, however many people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, my my VIP upgrade helps cover the ad cost in this box, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Like they're not making any money off that. Yeah, I'm aware of that. And I want to. And also, when I saw that, you know, as the marketer, I was like, well, I want to see what's in the box because, yeah, you know, yep. I want to want to know if I should be doing that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was my little funnel hack for the week. Um, was to, that's cool. To join that and get the box. So, and I'll. I think the only miss they did is they didn't. They didn't put like a, a social media card or something um, where I could like do a some user generated content and tag them like on an Instagram post or something mm-hmm. like that with the box. Yeah. I think that would have been next level if, if like inside the box top where I could hold it like that and smile big for mm-hmm. Instagram had it had their logo or their, the name of the challenge or something like that on it. Yeah. I think that could have been a whole that's probably a missed opportunity. There. Sure. Yeah. So maybe I'll send them this podcast a little bit. <laughs> well, I want to mention one of one last thing before closing. It kind of falls into this, you know, creating the movement. Um, yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's on, it's based on an order that I made this week to, you know, go rock. Um, mm. So, you know, we've talked about these guys in the past, which started out uh, and I think it's a brilliant, example of how to create it, you know, creating that movement, like what we're talking about. So what was the original, uh, intent of the go ruck movement? It's like, get people out, like, you know, exercising, you know, um, you know, hiking, you know, little, uh, day hiking, you know, in groups around your community in your area. I thought it was a cool idea and that thing has just really exploded. Um, that's a huge, I mean, for a company that that's a great example of, of doing something bigger than yourself as a mm-hmm. company, like they've created this yeah, camaraderie, this exercise. It's, it's all, it's, it's about the rucking and some of the events and stuff. So they're an event company, mm-hmm. but they make their money on the gear. Absolutely. The cheap. You know, because the gear is not it's cheap. not cheap. But if you're uh, part of the movement, yeah, kind of. I think this might be where you're going. But if you're part of the movement, you want the gear that signifies you're part of the movement. Exactly. Right? It's like a badge. Like yep. you don't want to show up with a, a Walmart backpack if you're going no. out to hang out with other guys no. that do rucking. Exactly. And it's usually, I mean, a lot of it's geared towards vets, right? Obviously, yeah. uh, you know, former military guys, and so. Yeah. One of the things they got me, cause you know, we, you know, I fought, I've followed them for a long time, uh, follow their Facebook page and, um, you know, they sent out the ad. So some of their new gear, you know, it's really, 
Cool. I think you've ordered some of the plates in the past to put on your, you know, put in the backpack for three packs. Yep. Multiple plates. Well, um, I ordered a set of the boots this week. They're awesome. They're comfortable. They, um, they're a set of the, they're jungle boots. I don't know if you ever had a pair of jungle boots when you, back when you were in the army, but, uh, I used to love those things and they've got their own set of really the, and these are a whole lot more comfortable, but they look like the old school jungle boots. So I ordered a couple of these uh, or a set of these bad boys. They're like the desert tan on the side, yeah. you know, kind of the tan instead of the green, but yeah. they are super comfortable. Yeah. I bought the first boots they came out with a few years ago and yeah, they're, they're super comfortable when I'm going heavy, like 50 pounds mm-hmm. plus I wear those because yep. the cushion is better. But yeah. when I'm not, I just wear like the barefoot Merrell's yep. like the, not the ones with the toes in them, but just right. the low profile shoe. Cause that's just yep. what I like to wear. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And, and it's true. Like if you're in that world, you do not want to show up to a ruck event with some no name pack, Like you want to have their gear, their gear, right. right? Cause you want to, you want to be part of the club and they, and see, and I mean, and that's a cool thing about it, which falls in, in line with our topic today. They created the movement first before they started marketing the gear, right? Yeah. The movement was around just getting out there and yeah. Cause I remember in 2000, 12, 13, somewhere in there, we were in Chattanooga, mm-hmm. living in Chattanooga. And I was at the CrossFit and a bunch of the guys were doing this weird thing <laughs> overnight where they hiked overnight yeah. and they had these back and they all came into CrossFit to, to the box and they had their kids' backpacks or their own backpacks and they had bricks yeah. wrapped up in towel and taped, duct taped in towels. And like, I was like, what are y'all doing? doing but it was it was one of the first like early go ruck events before they had gear and before they had the plates and so you literally you just wrap bricks in a towel duct taped it put it in the backpack yeah and you went out and walked yeah you know so yeah it's and now that you know like you said they they did the movement first and the gear followed um you know yeah. people were tearing up backpacks and they were you know tearing up pants and so they built stuff that was designed for you know, military grade. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. You look at their, you go to their website and it's, you can find it at go ruck, uh, go And they have blossomed into, I don't know what their estimated worth is right now, but they're marketing, they're selling everything from shoes to the, the boots, to the backpacks, to sure. training Hats. gear, workout yeah. gear. I mean, sandbags, sandbags yeah. everything you need. Um, but I think they're, you know, they started out building a following first and once you build that following and you've got that people that buy into that. Yeah. It started out as events mostly. Yeah. Just get people out, you know, kind of like a Spartan race. Right. And, and those companies have done the same thing. Spartan, Spartan is still more an event than it is gear, but they, they have added gear to their stuff. Um, but not the way GoRuck has. I mean, GoRuck's got a whole new level of gear. So, yeah, I mean, check this out, dude. This is a um, yeah. So there you see the website. But you, if you go to the gear, I mean, go scroll down for a second. Since I'm so bad at this, so there's all the rucksacks, equipment. Yeah, look equipment at the, look at some of the prices on their on rucksacks. The yeah, let's just because yeah, that's the core thing, right? Yeah. Ruckers. So the rucker is like the probably the most popular one right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, these things are 250 yeah, easily. bucks a piece on up to. You know what the markup on those things are? Probably yeah, I have two of these. 
And then I have the GR1 that actually somebody gave me because they saw that I rocked on uh, social media. So they, like somebody sent me one, which yeah. is really nice. It's a nice, nice little gift. So thank you. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the other rucksacks, like the original, like the GR1s, um, these things are $335 for a backpack. Yeah. And they are durable for sure. Oh, for sure. But look at that. Yeah. I mean, look at the one, the Gorilla, the Gorilla X. Yeah. 525 for a backpack. Yeah. It's crazy. It's incredible. And they're, and half, I mean, look, it's sold out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the times I've gone on here sold out. What, but what is nice, they get very generous military discounts. Sure. Yeah. So if you just, you have to go through like the gov ID or whatever, you know, verifying thing. Dang it. I didn't use that um, on my boots. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like a 20% discount. It's pretty mm, big. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, they definitely, like you said, they get, now they're into, you know, sandbags, mm-hmm. which are crazy expensive. Mm-hmm. I think sandbags, I mean, I thought, I don't know, for some reason I have a price block around sandbags compared to rocks, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's a bag it's, with it's sand. $40 duffel bag, right? <laughs> well, the sand doesn't even come with it. Like you got to go find your own sand. <laughs> so, Oh, man. It's basically a duffel bag that you would get it, you know. But they've created, I mean, listen, that's a great, that just goes to show, they've created a way to to high margin you know, to leverage, they've leveraged a brand around, uh, things and they can, they can automatically create high margin products because they first built the movement around it right. and the following. And it goes right. to, and I'm trying to remember like the original, uh, movement was like, get out. I mean, what do you remember that Sean? Like, you know, I mean, thinking just, about to our book, you know, our book on true believer. Is, I mean, this has been their sole thing. Um, this has been their kind of their core philosophy from day one. Just get out and yeah. Rucking is just walking with weight on your back. It's that simple. Walking yeah. with a weighted rucksack is an amazing way to build muscle, burn calories. It's three times easier on your knees. They've been saying that for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does sometimes say, you know, grab a buddy or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now they have, they have membership areas, um, training programs. And each one of these are, you know, monthly fee. Oh, they so, just, they've turned it into an amazing yeah, and there's cl- and this company. was I think was something really good that they kind of let go of like corporate control mm-hmm. is that they have the go ruck clubs that are independently run. Yeah, and every city in the country just about probably has one. Sure, um, some have several. If it's a bigger city, um, Knoxville has one. I used mm-hmm. to, we did a bunch of events together in Knoxville. Yeah, um, we I think in the summer every other week we would meet at the beer garden in Bearden. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And we would rock, you know, 10 miles, you know, start there, have a beer, go rock 10 miles, come back, have another beer, go home. Um, and that, that we would have eight to 15 people. Sure. All every, every time, you know, and that was hundred percent like, you know, community led, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's nothing that go rock had to do themselves. Yeah. They didn't set up the Facebook group, nothing. You can just set up your own Go Ruck Club and and that's it. Yeah. Because people are searching for it. They wanna they don't want to know who else is rucking. Cause it's kind of a weird thing for a lot of people, right? It's not it's not walking with the mall ladies, it's not running. Mm. 
it's walking with a backpack that's full of weight. Like it's kind of weird. It is, you know, for most people. But if you're um, former, you know, if you again, if, if you if you once been you're in, in that world, you're like, I want, I want yeah. other people that know about this, right. and right. you go looking for them. So mm-hmm. Tamara's now into it; she loves it. Yeah, um, and I will never run again. Yeah, I will definitely rock. So right. Um, well, yeah. as you get older, that's what you. I mean, your knees aren't yeah. like they used to I'll be. I'll sprint. I'll do some sprints and stuff, but I sure. won't like jog, right. run right. type stuff. Right. I, don't, I just don't, I don't think it's that effective. Over, I mean, I think it's effective. I just think it's yeah, yeah. wear and tear is not worth it. Oh yeah. Result. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of studies on the longevity of, uh, of doing that on your knees and, and yeah. you know what the effects are. But again, so, this is a great case study on just how to build, you know, how to create that movement in terms of a business. And you, I would look at this anytime to, you know, look at what, you know, what you're wanting to create, if you're wanting to create a national movement around your business, look at something like this and how yeah. they started in local communities, building that movement mm-hmm. and um, that enthusiasm around, you know, something that really they weren't selling products at the time. They were just saying, you yeah. know, this is what we're doing. We're getting out and, you know, this is a good cause. Get out and, and just great way to exercise. Uh, if you can't run, or if you don't have that, you know, if you're for people that can't, don't want to do the damage to their knees, this is a great way to do it without just simply walking. Put a little weight on, you'll burn, burn more calories. Well, that's a wrap um, for this episode. Um, to all of our listeners, you can find us as always at persuasionbythepint.com. You can find us on all of your podcast platforms, Stitcher Radio, iHeart, Spotify, you name it. You can email us over at persuasionbythepint at gmail.com. You can also visit our Facebook group at Persuasion by the Pint. We'll take care. Hope everyone has a great weekend. We'll see you next time. See ya.